with Loz Taylor and Christian Carlisle. We're catching up with Def Havana hero James Vet Gelotti in this episode. We talk shedding tears at Springsteen gigs, eating cold beans straight from the tin, and even managed to get James to pick up the guitar and warm up the pipes for a very special performance. James, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Your voice is it's spectacular, man. Like, I'm actually <laughs> envious. When did you first discover that you could sing? I think I was like 14, maybe. And uh, we used to be in a metal band. It was like a couple of members of the really early Def Havana lineup. Yeah. And we all went to school together. We used to be in like a metal band. And we didn't really have anyone that could sing. So I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just sing the chorus or whatever. So I recorded it. And it was like on a tape. We just played it live, recorded it. And I listened to it back. And I was like, shit, that actually doesn't... Uh, it wasn't very good. I'd love to hear it now because it's probably horrendous. But it was—I was—I just remember thinking like, that's not that bad, because up until then I'd never even like contemplated singing. I just wanted to play guitar and just headbang. But like that, when I was like four, yeah, I just remember listening back to that and I was like, it's not that terrible. So since then I just sort of kept doing it. But I don't really—I still don't know what I'm doing. Pleasantly, pleasantly surprised by your own vocals. Finding that tape in like an attic in the, in in like 10, 20 years yeah. time. It's like, oh my God, this is it. <laughs> and it will be horrendous. <laughs> I guarantee it. Because the, the early days of Def Havana, there was uh you had you had screaming vocals in there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to have our friend Brian he used to scream in it and yeah, it was good fun. But I I kind of at the time I wanted to keep it that way because it's just that music was just so much more fun to play. And I didn't have to sing as much, which I the least amount of responsibility I can have is the best for me, to be honest. And a little less pressure on you, like taking over like the main the main role of singing. Like it was sort of back then, yeah. it was sort of split up, so you could like enjoy yourself a bit. Like exactly. it's quite a pressure when it's all on you, isn't it? <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. I don't, I never really wanted to actually be a frontman. I still like I still don't like the the, the lime. I, I don't like being looked at. It's weird. I just I honestly still just wanted to chill. <laughs> Play guitar in the back and maybe sing some harmonies if I have to. Yeah. But in, in, in terms of like singing, there's a band called Silverchair, which have they're from Australia. Oh, they're not sick. That, I didn't know you yes. liked Silverchair. Like, yeah. So they're not that, that well known in England, but like he, he's probably my favorite vocalist ever. The earlier albums are really grungy, but then they got really weird and like classical. And his voice on those later albums is just mental. So I remember like trying to emulate that quite a lot when I was younger. Um, do you like this song, um, Emotion Sickness? That's one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite silver chest. If yeah. not my favorite song of all time. Oh, nice. That's that's, that's awesome. one of the first one of the first songs that I actually learned how to sing. Like when oh. I was that was that was the same time when I when I mentioned that I recorded some stuff and listened to it back. That was also mm. another song that we recorded. We did a cover of that, and I recorded that and listened to it back, and I was like, whoa, that's actually not bad. That was one of the that was one of the songs. Yeah, that's amazing because the ranges in that tune go from like like oh, falsetto highs to lows, yeah. and it's like it like meanders through loads of different almost like styles and pitches. So that's sick, but I mean, it's, awesome. it's pretty hard. It's hard to sing that. It's <laughs> it definitely hard is hard to sing. Yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. What was the what's the best vocal performance that you've given on record, in your opinion? Which is the what's the best one? Tough question. Uh, yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> straight in. So there's a record that we released way back called old souls which is kind of like that was when i wanted to be like bruce springsteen and there's a couple of tracks on that which i think are, are good like that's probably still my favorite album we've ever done but it mm. never really no one no one really got into it because i think it was just too we were just, i was just trying to be too many different things at the same time it didn't really work but there's a the last track on that called carapadre i think that is probably my favorite performance 
So moving from um, early stages of Death of Vanna, you had a lead singer who was a friend from school. He was screaming in the band. And then I, I don't even know, I don't even know what happened there with the band or the relationship, but I remember seeing you guys just after that had happened. Um, and it was at Sonosphere Festival. It was while she's oh, yeah. his first ever festival. Um, we were on a pretty good stage. It was like you guys played, we played, Cavell Attack played. Yeah, um, I that. And I just remember, yeah, it was our first ever festival. And it was the first show that I think I'd ever seen you guys. But it was also one of your first shows where I think you had taken over and you were doing yeah, the, yeah. The, the lead roles. And, like, I'm not going to lie. I think that there was a bit of scepticism around, around it with the people who loved scream screaming yeah, side of, of things. 100%, yeah. Were you were you feeling that at that time and did you did you feel that pressure to step obviously you felt the pressure to step up but was it something that you used to your advantage or for a little while did you still struggle with stepping into that space like what was that what was that like for you? I think at that particular festival it was so new that I didn't really care. I was just like look it is what it is. He's not here. I am. So I'm going to have to do it. So I didn't yeah. really care. Like I still felt like I was just filling the space where he used to be. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't feel right. like they were my, I didn't feel like it was my vocal parts. I felt like I was just singing the bits that he used to scream. And I yeah, didn't really yeah, care. Yeah. I just had like, I just got smashed before I went on stage and no surprise there. So and there's no preempting it from you being like, right, this not is my opportunity to like, get no, in not really. or anything like that. Yeah, not at that particular right. show, but but then afterwards it really got to me, and I, I think I was I think I got worse because I started caring too much about it, and I started thinking shit like I need to make this my own, and then I, I just, it took me took me two albums and like six years to become comfortable with being a singer. For, for both of us, we've been doing it for, for such a long time. I just personally never feel like I'm nailing it. Like even if other yeah, people me are me. just like. Are just like you fucking killed that show, mate. I'm still like, yeah, but did I? I remember hitting a yeah, bum note during that second song, or like that 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 scream in that verse, you know. And I think you just you just end up picking yourself apart. Hmm. So yeah. moving moving from from that, so you sort of taking over, you're doing more and more singing at this point. Was there ever um, a time where you like went out and got help, or you started doing vocal warmups because it benefit you, or what? Like, what was your from from jumping into that role? What happened then, like? progressing and, and trying to be more professional and you know playing more and more shows as the front man I just did it I didn't I didn't get any like singing lessons or anything I just kind of I just had to go and do it I mean I probably should have I basically I never approached anything in a professional way I just still to this day I don't still to this day I still don't warm why, up I, I still don't have singing lessons why do we keep having people on the folk podcast that's just like yeah yeah um We've spoke to Drew from Straight From The Path and he's like, yeah, I just shout in the bathroom for 10 minutes and I'm on yeah. stage. And I'm like, why am I, why do I have to go through all this crap? You know, I've done loads of research and I'm trying to better myself. We keep talking to amazing vocalists that are just like, yeah, I don't really know, mate. Just yeah, to basically just... to fill you in, James, you are you are definitely not the first person to say, yeah, just to kinda, say that. Just kind of really? <laughs> do it. Just kind of do it. And I think uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's lots of, lots of starting to pick pick at it. It's just like, no, this there's so many of you that don't need to do anything. It's it's not right. It's not right. It's making it's me not, feel worse. It's not that, though. It's not that. Because listen, like, I, there's an, I've never ever done a tour in my life where I haven't lost my voice. Every single tour I've ever done in my life, I've lost my voice to the point where I can't speak. So it's not right. like it's, it's not like it's not like I'm not warming up and it's and I'm nailing it every night. I'm not right. warming up and it's fucking me up. And like it still fucks me up. <laughs> right. But yeah. It's just like just over the years from just doing it loads, I started learning things. I started looking at different 
styles of singing. Because when I first started, I was like, shit, I'm in a rock band. I need to sing like a rock singer. Mm. And I was like, why do I keep losing my voice? Why do I keep losing my voice? So I started looking at like R&B singers and they're all fucking relaxed. They're never like, when you're in a rock band, you want to go on stage and be like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I yeah. started like doing the exact opposite of that. And I was like chilling and just singing in a, in like, just not thinking about it really. And that's when I stopped losing my voice. So, so there's definitely, I've, it's not like I don't know anything. Like I know a few little things that I've picked up over the years, but I've never had like lessons or I don't really warm up. Like I remember Sam Carter sent me a little warm up that he does, which is like five minutes long. And that actually was yeah. pretty cool. But like I, I've tried warm ups and I've tried long warm ups, tried short warm ups. The longer they are, the worse they are for me. Like they just sort of, they just yeah. make me. Do you know what? It's really, I don't know. It's, weird. it's really interesting to hear you say about the fact that the, the the physical stresses that you were putting on your body once you got rid of them, it started to manifest yeah. as being more prone to not losing your voice and 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 we've spoken in length a couple of times about those the, the physical things that you're doing that can you know actively uh, be of detriment to your voice how, how did you yeah. find it like on tour when it came to things like alcohol or smoking or drugs or anything that would would, would, would you find that when you were hitting that too hard that correlated with 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 the loss of voice as well well i don't really know because i've never not hit it hard like i've yeah. never i've never I've never done a tour where I don't drink or or don't, and it's not it's not because I'm trying to be cool, man. But it's just it's just I never I don't really like I hated touring, so I had to get fucked up every day. I can't sleep on buses or I can't really sleep. I just shit. I can't really sleep to be honest. So I just I don't really like touring. This is the thing that amazes me though. This is, it just amazes me. Like there's been times when I've like come to see you play and you, you you're like you you just beer in hand. You're like we've been drinking for like every night for a few weeks now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And I'm always like so pleasantly surprised that you sound like always so soulful and like you say you you've had the shows where you've struggled or whatever like and, and you, yeah, you know when that is but it's mind-blowing like that that people's voices can work in that way and and like be able to sustain is, a good level of vocal after like like smoking and, and drinking because just from what i've learned and being in the positions that i've been in struggling with with voice yeah. it's just those things, you shouldn't be able to smoke and drink that much and it still work. You should just sound like Lemmy. Yeah. <laughs> well, <I think laughs> like, that is so, true. And, so, and sometimes um, I do sound like Lemmy, trust me. Sometimes it's awful. <laughs> but I yeah. think it's, two, for me, it's two things. It's, it's getting accustomed to it. So because I've only done it that way, I think just the muscles or something is just used to it. So it never gets that fucked that I can't sing. Mm, and yeah. also, I think 90% of losing my, for me personally, losing my voice is in my head. If I go to bed mm. at night, I'm like, I'm going to wake up. Some, it's just stress for me. Mm. So I stress more. Well, if I'm on tour and I'm not drinking or having a good time, I stress more. So that fucks me up more, I've found. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think everyone's different. We've spoken to a couple of people on the show that have been like, yeah, stress. Stress is stress tightens you up without you even yeah. knowing that it's doing yeah, it. Exactly, so like, exactly. You, and and it goes back to what you're saying about sort of pop singers or R&B singers or whatever. They just, they've always used their voice in that like sort of softer way that isn't, it's not stressful. And like you say, I think yeah. going in from like a rock point of view or like a metal point of view, it's all about that passion and, and that strain on the voice. So you, you just, yeah, you're going into it from a completely different, a, a different route in. And I think it, it, it does have the potential to just fuck you up. Mm. <laughs> oh, mate, 100%. Have, yeah. you missed, have you missed the tours at all, James? I know you're saying there that it can fuck you up and it's fucking graft when you're on them, but have you missed them over the course of the last 
I have, I have, yeah. Since when, since we've not been allowed to tour, yeah. I, I miss. Uh, I'm the main thing I miss is traveling. Like when I say I don't like touring, that's not necessarily true. Like I love meeting people. I love the fact that I've, I've been lucky enough to like travel the world because of a shit yeah. band that I started in high school. So like, I, I'm very thankful for it. And it's, and I fucking absolutely adore like traveling and seeing new places. It's just it becomes monotonous and it becomes like it, it and I started losing all the things that I loved about music. I just didn't love anymore because it became like the same thing every night. And it just, there was no, it was just so like, I don't know. I think that was, that was loads of other things as well, but. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of um, rock and roll kind of metal punk rock band way of touring though, isn't it? You kind of, yeah. you know, especially when you're starting out and coming through the ranks or whatever you want to call it, like, and trying to get your, your band out there. It's just all about basically sleeping rough a lot of the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and like, a lot of the time as well, like, I remember us touring early stages. We were literally eating cold beans out of a tin and drinking yeah. three litres of cider and collapsing. Yeah, and that's exactly then, what we were doing. And then one of us would, would be all right to drive, and then you'd wake up in the back of a van at the next thing. And, like, I think yeah. that, stick, that sticks with you through touring. And then yeah. you sort of get it, get it into your head, like, well, this is just the way touring is. And then as you yeah. get older and you mature a bit in yourself and your band and your business and your voice, you're kind of like, we don't have to do it this exact way. We can have <laughs> a few days off if we want. And, and you know, the, the, it, it turns into this thing where, you know, people know about your band, so it's, you're not as, it's not as desperate to make the tours, like, as long as that they have true. to be. Or, do you that know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. we can calm down a little bit now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but there, yeah, yeah no, that's I agree. A, that's, that's another thing about the early stages of touring when you're just like hammering it out and what like when you've got no money and you're trying to promote your band and tour, the, what are you gonna do? You're gonna get smashed. You're having the best time of your life with like your best mates. You you're actually touring. Like you remember the first time we did like a week long tour? It was like yeah, four. It was, it was this is actually a proper tour for ages before we got tour. We did like we called them two day tours. Yeah, that's like that. us too. That's not exactly tour. what we did. No, it's not. <laughs> That's a, it's a, we were like, yeah, we're going on tour. How many, how many days? Two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a different pub in the same time, fight. but you played, yeah, exactly. you played one night after the other, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did, we did do that. We did a tour of Norwich once. That was five days long. Nice. Five different nice. venues in Norwich. Awful. That just reminds me of Partridge. I've just, I'm just about to listen to <laughs> his... Um, he's done like an audio book. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's six hours long or something, and I've not listened to it That'll yet. Keep so That'll be hilarious. Is he, is he doing it as well? Like, is his voice? Yeah, like, but yeah, he's, he does it. He's obviously Alan Partridge in it as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's meant to be really funny. I've not heard it yet, so going to get into that. Yeah, that'll be funny. I've yeah. never been anyway. able, I've never been able to get into Alan Partridge at all, and I get berated what? this all the time because I literally yeah. work in local radio, and I must be the only person that works in local radio that's just like. I just don't get it, to be honest with you. I think so many of my friends built it. You know when some people build something up so much, you go, you've got to, yeah, yeah. you've got to. And then you watch it and you're like, this isn't as funny as I was. Anyway. Yeah, was yeah that's the worst when it's built up so much that it doesn't doesn't it's then cool. resonate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I remember doing that to my friend about Napoleon Dynamite. Like When, I, when it came out, I, I loved it. I loved it. And like loads of my friends for, for ages just didn't get it. And I was like, I was like crying with laughter and everyone's just like, this, this is awful. It and does I, I not, do you know it. what? It doesn't surprise me in the least that you love Napoleon Dynamite. That is literally, <laughs> your, that film is your fucking sense of humour, like personified on screen. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting it. Do the chickens have large talons? <laughs> the chickens have large talons? It's the throwback, yeah! 
Yo, you're listening to the Throat Podcast. Don't forget to check out some of the previous episodes we've got up. Ben Barlow from Neck Deep, Becca McIntyre from Marmosets, Andrew Newfeld from Comeback Kid, Rob Damiani from Don Broco, and Drew DeGiorio from Stray from The Path. Tonight we're catching up with James Vecchalotti from Death Havana. Jesus. Well, James, listen, when you were when you were going through those bad times of like losing, like actually on the tour, you've lost your... Yeah, yeah. Did you find that that just like looped itself back into a vicious cycle? If you're beating yourself up more, you're getting more. Yeah. The more prone to losing your voice. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's ter- like, Loz, you'll know this more than anyone. When you lose your voice, you can't, there's nothing you can do about it. You cannot, you can't just restring it. Like you can't fucking, there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. And I can, unless you've been in that position, I can't explain like the desperation of going on stage <laughs> and trying yeah. to sing. Yeah. And nothing it's comes just- out. It's the work. Like I, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Andrew Ooh. Newfield from Comeback Kids said it's like yeah. not being able to get a boner. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I would say it's worse than not being able to get a boner. It's that feeling of sheer letdown because yeah. I guarantee yeah. the majority of the times that I've lost my voice is down to my own drinking and smoking before the night before oh, an important yeah, show. Mine too, probably. <laughs> the pre-party party. And um, and yeah, that that feeling of just, I've not even just let myself down here. I've just let everybody Everyone. else down as well. <laughs> Everyone right. coming to the show, my bandmates, the crew, and and it just and it it can it can quite easily just spiral like and that feeling of and then you stood there just before you go on and because you already know like you might have done everything you can from that point like gone to bed yeah. for a few hours in the day done a bit of a steam had a hot drink kept quiet and then but it's that nervousness and that stress of of that just just doesn't help and sometimes you even find that um, that you you go out there and actually it loosens up a little bit. Yeah, the hun- it's adrenaline is not as bad as what you put. Oh it no, through. totally. There's a lot to be said for adrenaline, and that's why when I when I feel like I've got when I've lost my voice, I don't really try and do anything to get it better. I just wait and see what happens because sometimes there's only been probably in my entire time I played shows, there's only probably been four or five where I really couldn't do anything. Like I had to just fucking get my brother to sing it or whatever. But yeah. nine times, like nine times out of ten, it there's enough there and it loosens up you're right it's weird i don't understand it it's a muscle i guess at the end of the day so it's a muscle and that's what like that's what i'm trying to or like over the last few years i've been trying to sort of tell myself and teach myself like i just like you say i just used to have a good time and didn't put any thought into any yeah. any of the any anything else that was going on whatever happened happened and if it wasn't as heavy as it possibly could be then it was not worth doing and um yeah yeah and yeah and now i'm like it's a muscle like i, I want to be healthy when i go back out on tour because i want it i want to try and sound the best i can rather That's than it. rather than treating myself like shit and then sounding all right if if it works do you know what i mean and, yeah and I, yeah I think totally. that's just the difference and especially as your band grows it's like the more and more people are there to see you that night and you know you can't live like your night is Saturday night every night because that's the job of the fans to come and see you put on a good show. It's their Saturday night. Yeah, so. I know. But I always resent. I always resented that. I was always like, no, fuck it. If you're allowed to have a good time, then so am I. But yeah. I just tried to make it work, but it didn't always. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I wanted to know, James. Is there any vocalist that, like? Is there any vocalist? What any voices out there that you're kind of a little bit envious of yourself? Anybody that you hear singing? Yeah. God, I wish I had that person. Yeah, so many. So um, go on then, give us. Some. In, in terms of like friends of mine and people I've been on tour with, there's a band called Nothing But Thieves, and we went on tour with them for like, I don't know. Um, your brother was with us actually. Amazing Elle was with band. us. Elle was with us. Yeah, Elle was with us. Thieves are a great yeah. band as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so Connor, the singer, has maybe the best 
voice I've ever seen, like in phys- like in front of me, as in literally in the same room as me, might like, have the best yeah, voice yeah, I've yeah. ever seen. It's yeah. fucking unreal. Because like when you see him live and he's on stage and he's coming through the PA, yeah, that sounds amazing, but like it's gonna sound amazing. But when you hear him fucking warming up backstage or just with a guitar, the pa- he's shorter than me. And I'm yeah. not a tall person. He's tiny. <laughs> and the voice that comes out of him is... I've never heard anything like it. So for me, he's got... The, he's probably got the best voice in the game at the moment. But he, looks, but he looks after himself. He looks after himself and he knows so... He's so knowledgeable about how everything works. So like... We'd love to have him on the show, to be honest. He was, he was like alongside so many other um, great vocalists like yourself and like um, so other people we've had on the show like... He was one that crossed my mind when we first started these. I'd love to to talk to him about sort of just everything because like you say, you know his, his voice is... I'll text him if you want. That'd be amazing, yeah. Man, yeah. Fuck yeah. Nice. Yeah, Get him on the 100%. show and have a chat. Um, 100%. But yeah, like you say, the, the control that he has, the power that he it's has, unreal. the falsetto, the range, it's just everything. It's and, and, unreal. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's everything. There's not, an, there's not an area of his voice which is weak. Every no, single and it, bit and of it is And it shows live like it does on the record. Oh, it's better. Yeah. It's better. It's much better. Like it's, it's. I don't know. And he's so hum, like so nice as well. He's just, he's just, he's a perfect frontman, perfect vocalist in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, we're Thank gonna you. definitely have to have a chat with him, aren't we? At some point. Yeah, fucking hell. He's, yeah. he's a lovely boy. Are you prone to like outbursts of song around the house, James? Have you, uh, have you just like no. in the shower? And, no. Is it? Is it, <laughs> is, it, is it just when you have to sing that you have to sing? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I'm. I'm quite like. I don't really. Like, I like singing, but I I'm not, I don't, I don't really, I never if sing. If I had a voice like yours, James, I'd be singing all the fucking time, mate. You like, wouldn't, though, because you'd get sick of the sound of your own voice. Yeah, but the, it's just, it's that thing. It's just that thing, in it? Like, of, of, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm like singing in sleeps more than I ever have done now. For me, it's such a, a different thing from screaming. Like, we, we, we're like shouting and screaming and, you can kind of hide behind a persona with that, so it kind of goes hand in hand. You know, like you know, yeah, you, yeah. You've got I an angry, so. pers- you've got an angry persona to fulfill with that role. Do you know what I mean? And and you're like, so, so singing strips that back a little bit more, and it's like it almost you're more vulnerable singing. Singing's yeah, actually definitely. you. It's coming from yeah. you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah. A scream is like a technique that you can push yourself to, and to a degree, kind of stand behind. But yeah, I always feel very so much more out in the open and vulnerable when I'm just having to try and like control my voice and hold it yeah, and like yeah. it's, it's it's hard. I work. mean, especially if you've been mainly used to screaming as well, it must be. But I've heard your singing voice and it's fucking lovely. So, oh, thanks, man. It's great. <laughs> it's fucking honestly. I find that a lot. Though. I find like if people because I I think I'm not licking your ass here, but I think you're. I've always said this. We've always said this. We think your screaming voice is like one of the fucking best out there. And really? I've always found this. I think, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it, like the tone. I don't know. It's just like, for me, it's like pure aggression and I love it. But I've yeah. always found that <laughs> a, lot of pe- a lot of people that are really good at screaming can sing as well. I, d- I, th- I don't yeah. know. I found, I don't know if it has anything to do technique the same, but. Well, it's, it's just, it's really, diff- it's really strange how different people hear a scream, I think. Like if yeah. you played a, a, like metal to someone who's never listened to metal or doesn't yeah, like mad, really particularly it? like it, they don't. They have a, di- a disconnect with it where they don't um, understand that it's like a controlled technique and yeah. that they there just is think pi- people are just going pitches in there that are controlling the pitch in the same way as a sing. So, it, it when you start talking about those techniques and stuff like that, it it 
it is a, a complex thing to learn. And yeah, I can't do it. I'd love to be able to do it. We put our like lives into honing this craft to get to a certain point. And I feel like a lot of the time in interviews or just discussions about new records or like just, just interviews in general, like they don't ever come and try and get a bit more deeper into the vocal sort of technique side of things. So that was one know, of the main yeah. reason. So, so far we found out that you don't really like being in front of people. Um, <laughs> you didn't really want to sing in the first place. Um, you don't you don't warm up at all, but you still manage to sound awesome. So is that is there anything that you is there anything that you do do pre-show then? Or do you just sort of just have a bit of a sing to yourself while you're walking around getting getting changed or yeah, well, the first thing I do when I wake up is I make sure that there's something there because, like, I find, like, I, if I can... I, I know when I, if I can sing or not that night from when I wake up. So I, I, I'll, I'll wake up and be like, ah, ah, and like, fuck, up, try and see what I can do. Yeah. So I'll do that. And then I just through the day, I just try... Like, I do, I do the opposite of... I know you're supposed to do vocal rest, but I've always found that's the worst thing you can do because your voice just, like... Me, for me personally, my voice yeah, just, like, yeah. seizes up. And then when I try and warm it up again, it just fucking doesn't work properly. So I don't yeah, do yeah. that. Um, I, I do drink like hot drinks, like with probably got with probably whiskey in it or something. But I will hot drink toddy. Like, yeah, hot toddies. I will drink those. And I do like yeah. I do like steaming. I do like I quite I think steaming helps a lot. We have talked about steaming extensively, haven't we? Loz, you have, you you have lost count of the amount of times that you've said about I, having a good steam. It's really I can't I, I can't talk enough about steaming and how much it's helped my voice yeah like I if know. i was ever struggling on tour before i got into the before before i had my last surgery when i you know the pollock came back and i was having to play shows and that um to be honest it, it can be so lonely do you know what i mean like get, sometimes yeah, getting getting up playing a show losing your voice going back to bed because you need it's that recovery awful, time so yeah it at times been really awful but steaming i think i saw you once james with that doctor yeah that i've the I love thinking, it. It was ones. like a little. Yeah. Um, it looks it? like it's a bong. Like, looks like a, it looks like a massive like. Looks like, like a bong. It's bong. got a funnel coming off it, and you pour boiling water in it, and you just yeah. like sort of suck on that, and it's so soothing. The, I love for it. me, that was the best one. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's the shape of the like mouthpiece, but it just works yeah. so well. Yeah, and what what that does is just puts moisture back onto your larynx, like really? directly. So yeah, like, it feels so nice. Like food and everything never comes into contact with your larynx because it's always tipped behind. Um, so that's that. But then steaming and smoking and things like that, that just, because you're not actually swallowing food or drink, that actually goes in and sits on your larynx. So my um, my throat doctors have told me before, like if you're having any troubles or you're feeling slightly hoarse, just go on a bit of a vocal rest. On, and, and I usually do it like before bed, if I'm on tour, I'll do it before bed every night. Do eight minutes. I basically put my big toe on the kettle lever so it an open lid so it stays boiling and put a towel over my head and it, you just create my own little sauna room and do that for eight minutes and then the idea is you don't speak for half an hour afterwards but i usually do that and go straight to bed never even heard of this as a technique when it came to to, to, to vocal health before that the, the age-old uh, hot water, some Vixen towel yeah. over when you've got a blocked nose or anything. But no, it's the, I'd never, I'd never known that this was a, uh, a technique when it comes to actually improving your, uh, your vocal health. Yeah, it's, pre it's pretty good. Regardless of if you've got vocal problems or if even if you're sounding good, like it just feels nice. I, I think people should do it anyway, even if they're not, even if you're not <laughs> singers. Like my voice feels a bit <laughs> weird now and I want to do it now. 
it, it just feel, <laughs> yeah. it just does feel really nice. Yeah, you're right. It's like that fresh out of a shower feeling, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. But like for your throat. I'm gonna have to yeah. give it a bath tonight. I'm gonna get the kettle out, pop it on, see if I can get some fucking steam going. It's, it's quite it's quality. So James, it's been a a long time since any of us have even seen a gig, let alone played one. Um, has this time away from gigs given you time to kind of reminisce about any of the past performances that you've seen? Like, have you ever seen a gig that's moved you to tears, for example? Uh, yeah, qu- quite a few, to be honest. Like, I don't, I'm, I don't feel embarrassed saying it. Um, one of the main, <laughs> <laughs> like, one of the main ones was Bruce Springsteen. Though I, don't, I can't remember why he brought me to tears, but. It was just, I think he brought his mum out on stage and was like dancing with her and stuff. I don't know. It was just some, and I think I was on some fucking great MDMA <laughs> as well. So I may, have, may have helped. I've heard that's really good for your voice as well, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I never, I don't really do it at all. <laughs> well, that's going to help, you know, raise the emotions at any gig, really. Yeah. Maybe the gig was shit. Maybe it was just that. <laughs> Maybe. Yo, you're listening to The Throat Podcast. Don't forget to check out some of the previous episodes we've got up. Ben Barlow from Neck Deep, Becca McIntyre from Marmoset, Andrew Newfeld from Comeback Kid, Rob Damiani from Don Broco, and Drew DeGiorio from Stray From The Path. Tonight we're catching up with James Vecchalotti from Death Havana. If any, a choice, if anything, what's the first one you want to go and see when all this gets back to normal? What do you want to go out and see? What do you want to go and witness? Any, any gig? Any gig. Like any, any band in the world? Yeah. Um, for me, it's... As much as I love the music, for me it is more about like going for the like friends and the getting fucked up. So I just I don't know like a festival, a festival yes. where I can hang out and get smashed. And hopefully, but no, actually no, it'll be the Bronx. It'll be the Bronx. I want to go. Oh, in nice. The nice. Bronx. nice. <laughs> so I saw the last time I saw the Bronx play was um, was it Leeds and Reading a couple of years ago? I was yeah. stood with you at Leeds Festival at UNL watching the Bronx play and then realised that we were stood right in front of, remember Darwin Deeds? He was like yeah. stood right behind us. I was like, oh my God, I love your song. But yeah, that's like, <laughs> that, I think you were at that one as well with me, watching the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. They're so good. Such a good Mate, band. they're fucking awesome. So good live. Good call, good call. What you're saying about festivals as well, man, fucking hell, it rings so true. Like, I, I, I don't think I realised quite how much festival season is like it's, it's a good place to just like kind of stock up on on happiness and and just oh, mate, great yeah. good times with friends so when it was taken away for a year man it was fucking killer wasn't it i know and like who knows if it's going to be on this year either like mm. it's really weird because like when you think of it in the grand scheme of things you know it's like if someone just said to you right all festivals are cancelled next year you'd kind of be like all right then but you know yeah. the, year after, the year after they'll be back but we're in such a limbo we don't really know when shows or festivals or whatever coming yeah. back it's just making you like proper yearn for him like i just oh, want to be man. in the sunshine with with a few yeah. mates and a few bands i know it's probably somewhere like belgium mm. just for, yeah just like belgium chill, in the summer. just chilling out and just uh having a good old time but yeah they, I they, think, have a, uh, they have a damn good there's one that pops up in belgium every year that has one of the most Insane lineups year after yeah. year, and I can't. Puckle Pop. No, it's a no. It's it, not, that's is it, brilliant. Uh, is it Rock Vector? That's the one. Yeah, every it's fucking mental. It's, it's fucking insane. We played it. We played it like two years ago or three yeah. years ago. Nah, two years ago. It's the best festival ever. Yeah. I all, loads of my. It's just so good. The lineup was mental. 
yeah, every year the, the lineup for that gets announced and there's there's a little bit of me that kind of goes, where's this in the UK? Like, the, the yeah, lineups that they get are off the, off the hook. It's so there. varied as well. It's like pop acts, rock acts, metal, weird prog stuff. But there's also grass pop is there, which yeah, is another, it's, good it's amazing. How does yeah. Belgium have so many festivals? It's fucking tiny. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. I guess it's surrounded by so many, I don't, I don't know, maybe it's just a good place to have festivals. I'm going to confess to you. I'm going to confess to you, right, James? I've uh, Other than festivals in the UK, because I didn't really do much traveling. I, g- I kind of got stuck into work in the UK. So I didn't really do much traveling around, going to festivals, especially even ones on the continent and stuff. Give me a recommendation. What should I be going to when they start back up again? Oh, the best one is one that me and Loz played in fucking Australia, but it doesn't exist anymore. Soundwave. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite. That's my favorite tour I've ever done. I remember you saying to us on that tour, I've not listened to metal for years, but like, because we got scheduled to play. So, um, Def Havana would play just after we played on, uh, and we had like a flip flop. So it was like, I don't know. Two stages next to each other. There were two stages. It was like one massive one that divided in half. And while the other band was playing, the other band was setting up. And that was great because we were like all English lads just sort of got together and like we got to watch Def Havana play and vice versa. Remember you guys being like, I've not listened to metal in years, but you kind of you've reignited my passion for like. Screaming. It's because that's what we it's what we all like grew up listening to, and then we decided yeah. to stop playing heavy music, and I kind of yeah. like just stopped listening to it, and I forgot how much I absolutely love heavy music, and it actually probably got me back into it from then on because now I listen to fucking shit. Yeah. Basically, fifty percent of what I listen to is really heavy, but yeah, that was and, just such a good festival. Interestingly, though. That festival was the first festival I ever spat blood on stage. I remember you doing it in your hand. Yeah, well, no, because first I felt like I was just coughing something up, so I spat it out, and I remember seeing this red thing fly out of my body, literally. And I was like, I, like, glanced over, you know, because as a screamer, I don't know if this is, like, apparent to a lot of screamers or anyone that doesn't scream is probably going to be like, that is vile. What's he on about? <laughs> but, like, as a screamer, you do get a bit of phlegm coming up. Do you know what I mean? You're pushing your yeah. voice. You go, like, belting Even it singing. Out. Even singing, then, I do. Yeah. So, naturally, you sort of get rid of it. I mean, footballers do it all the time. They don't get any crap. So, let's just... Exactly. Thank it's you. all right to... We, we do this sometimes. It's all right. So, yeah, but if, anyway, it is, remember, if it's a bit of red lung, then then that's when you know it's gone <laughs> too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember pretty... it leaving my body and like a double. I had to do a double take. I like looked at it and went, "What? <laughs> what has left me?" And then I remember running over to it on tour and like um, Tom, Be- Tom Begley, a well-known tour manager, was tour managing us, and I just pointed to it. I pointed to it on the floor, and he's like, he, he didn't know what I was on about, and I was like, so freaked out, <laughs> so freaked out, like, oh, and man. that was the. You know that was the start of like kind of all my uh, troubles. But um, do you have yeah, to finish yeah, your that... perform? Do you have to finish your performance after that happened? Was that relatively close to the end of the show, middle of the show? Where was that in the in the lineup? Beginning of the show. Fucking hell! <laughs> what was yeah. going through your mind? I was just like, well, to be honest, at that point, my mindset was kind of like, if the damage is already done, then just fucking go out on a fucking high. Do you know what I mean? So I I continued touring for ages on that. I made it yeah. a thing for a while, whereby I went in and had one surgery, came out, was drinking pints of red wine. I, I say this on every podcast. Drinking <laughs> pints of red wine instead of doing what I should have been doing. And it just turned into a part of my life. And then like, I remember doing warp tours like eight weeks long or something in the searing heat and dust. And I remember like just having to make it part of my show because 
you know, we weren't going to see doctors. We were playing shows and going to the next the next place. So I just for a while just got on with it. Mm. Fuck it out. Nuts, isn't it? Okay, <laughs> when he tell when he talks to me about his vocal problems, I'm like, fucking hell, how have you still even got a voice, let alone you can scream? It's incredible. It's, yeah. it, it, it's in, well, it's the human body is just incredible what it can do, isn't it? Mm. It is mental. And but to answer that, your question properly, because obviously you can't go to that festival anymore, I would say <laughs> Puffle Pop in Belgium. Yeah. Because it's just, if you can get like the VIP, well, yeah, go to Puffle Pop with a band so you don't have to like, so you can get the free booze and stuff. It's just fucking great. Yeah. And be- usually, like, I'm not telling everyone to bail on UK festivals because that'd be horrendous. Um, yeah. And you should always support festivals that have bands on that you like. But usually the weather's a bit better as well. The weather's so- a bit better. Usually the lineup's a bit better. <laughs> the staff are a bit nicer. Usually there's more free booze. Catering's pretty good. Catering's much better. <laughs> so yeah, go to go to a festival in the, in Europe somewhere if you haven't. How, what are your thoughts on like? So we've we're already we're trying to move through COVID, which is hard enough for bands to be stripped of that. Then I feel like after this, we've got to deal with Brexit and you know, deal with how we're going to start touring in a Brexit world. Is that, have you had even any thoughts about how that's going to change things yet? Or you're trying not to think about it or... Well, what can we do really apart from <laughs> wait until and wait until you can re-vote? But it's not, I don't know how much it's going to change. Probably it will. But um, I don't like, I don't know if it's actually going to be that difficult. Is it just going to be like, do we... It's not going to be like filling out a fucking massive carne well, every time. This is the, I think it is, yeah. But this, well, if this it is, is, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I think what they're trying to do is uh, there's there's sort of discussions and votes in there about making uh, a European-wide visa for touring artists. I think that's the that should that needs it to be should happen. definitely be a thing because it's the only way we can do it because half of our people, lives is spent at borders. People don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Like when you go to you go to Switzerland and you have oh, to get out me. of your tour bus at four a.m. merch out in the snow and sort of try and show them what you've got on tour and dig all yeah. the trailer out. And it is a nightmare. And, and well, you know, that's, that slapping... scenario, that scenario is, is basically what they're saying is going to be happening at every, every single yeah. European border. If until... that happens, we'll have to make tours like twice as long just to account for the time. Well, spent it's going to be crazy board. because you think about every time you cross one of those borders, usually you're going to get taxed on whatever merchandise you have because yeah. you know you're making money on a, on a bit more of a, a loose deal. Do you know what I mean? It's a merch table at the back of a venue. So it's yeah. they tax you heavily on that on your all your merchandise going in as well. And like it like I'm like pretty worried about how it's gonna go. Like we're already seeing from the sleep side of things, already seeing merch being sent out. Someone like received a like a 40 quid hoodie or something and they had to pay hundred quid um on so top it, of that like just to get it. Tax. Yeah. And I, he sent me a personal message, and obviously I'm, I'm like trying to sort it out and hook him up and and do whatever I can do. But it's like it, it can't be like this. No. <laughs> how, how how's it going to work? That's not a, you can't do a, you can't run a business like that because you're not going to you're just going to be in debt all the time. There's no point yeah, in selling like, merch. No one's going to tour if they come back making a loss. That's not how it works, is it? You tour to promote your band and record. So yeah. Really tough times, but hopefully we'll get something sorted. I'm trying to stay positive about it. I'm trying to stay positive too. If not, we'll just tour the UK forever. Just tour the UK all the time. It must be incredibly tough to for, for both of you to make any sort of plans for the future, especially, you know, you, yeah. we don't know whether COVID's going to ease up by the summer. We don't know whether uh, Brexit's going to mean that, that there must be European touring. There's quite a lot of 
quite a lot of uncertainty. A lot. Does it does it make yeah. it hard for you guys to put any sort of thought into the future of uh, of your music? I mean, you just have to think of different ways that you can. You have to just not put. All, look, in the way me and Loz have grown up in the bands we've played in, it's kind. Although the music's not particularly similar, it's very similar progression in the way we approach things. And it is the main thing you do is tour, right, to make money or whatever. You just we just have to approach it now that that might not be the main thing we do anymore. And we have to try and think of like creative ways to do it because no one really knows when we're actually going to be allowed to, like, are we ever going to go back to being able to be as free as we were before? Who knows? Yeah. I, I fucking knows. hope so. I hope come the 21st of June or whatever that stuff is back yeah, yeah. We don't know. We have no idea. How optimistic are you for the 21st of June? I'm optimistic because this is what I was trying to say to my wife the other day. Like, she's freaking out. Like, she just doesn't, she can't see the long game. She's just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, you can't do this anymore because you've not had any sort of like reprise from it. You've not had any little victories, but when you're allowed to go out again, that'll give you a little bit more time to like, yeah. you'll, you'll have a little bit of like renewed life, you know? So you got to just approach it as little mini little victories and just try and enjoy it as you can. I'm very optimistic because whenever this is over, the parties are going to be fucking incredible. You know, when we go back to it, people are going to be gagging for gagging for shows. So it could be a really, be, a really yeah. positive thing for live Hopefully music in general. Boom. So um, boom, I, I, sure. that's definitely the the um, the frame of mind I like to take. Yeah, I've 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 thought from uh, for a few months now that I think that once this is all over, we could definitely be on the verge of. I don't know if I'd go as far as say a musical and artistic kind of renaissance, perhaps. Man, let's hope so. When you look yeah. at what's kind of happening in the in the music world, and there's a lot of uh, you know changes and uh people kind of ad- ad- adapting new ways of of making music and getting it out there do you guys often do you guys find it sometimes to hard to keep up with everything that's going on in the even working in the music world yeah it's difficult Mate, sometimes I, keep I actively up, avoid it? it as well like i keep my head under a fucking rock if i can <laughs> i don't even like read the news i do read the news now because i want to know what's going on in the world in re covid but like i've all I always try and keep my head out of stuff like that, <laughs> just because I just yeah I'll explode if I yeah yeah I think sometimes <laughs> ignorance is bliss with that sort of thing, isn't it? But um, I think in James was saying before about like our bands coming up and you know moving through the same sort of times and and ways in which we do things are a bit similar, being like a bit more punk rocking, hands on kind yeah. of thing. I think that bands of our sort of generation if you like have have seen already so many crazy changes like streaming platforms oh, yeah, and, and the death of cd and i think that that's one good thing about things changing for our bands is that we learn to adapt and come through it do you know what i mean and like yeah definitely it's not an easy thing to be able to go from generation to generation and and grow in age and you know keep touring and and stay relevant and stay professional and move through all these different yeah. things happening it's it's crazy you kind of don't notice it but like i don't remember when it switched from cds to streaming but it fucking <laughs> yeah. did but i don't remember that i don't remember when we stopped selling cds but cds it happened so it, that's what it's going to be like. Whatever the next thing is, there'll be a point where we don't remember it changing. But it well, it'll be when the cars. It'll be when the cars stopped putting CD players in them, and then just started. so. <laughs> yeah, if you yeah, bought yeah. a bit of a bought a bit of an old car. I remember like digging through my CDs. They're all battered. Um, I remember I'm digging, playing like, the car. Yeah, just remember being like, oh, I found like a Marilyn Manson one, and then like um, a, a soil work 
um, stabbing the drama record. And like I heard that one, that was when good I bought when I bought my first car, they even skipped a bit, but I was still just playing them. Just like yeah. fuck it. <laughs> but I've still got a CD player in my car, primarily because Pound Shop, right? Pound Shop sells CDs now, and it's all like repurposed <laughs> ones. So I'm just in there every time, like. Natalie Ambrulia, Robbie Williams, yeah. Ooh, Rage Against the Machine. Every now and again, you find a gem, and then that's it. Straight yeah. on the bar for a quid. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, you're listening to The Throat Podcast. Don't forget to check out some of the previous episodes we've got up. Ben Barlow from Neck Deep, Becca McIntyre from Marmosets, Andrew Newfeld from Comeback Kid, Rob Damiani from Don Broco, and Drew DiGiorio from Stray From The Path. Tonight we're catching up with James Vecchialotti from Death Havana. And now James is going to play us out with a couple of verses from... (laughs) (laughs) I was like, tonight we're going to have a podcast verse and James is going to whip his guitar out, but there's no pressure on that because I know it's... uh... I just don't even even know if I can sing anymore. (laughs) I I, I can do it if you want. What do you want? Come on, out, out. Just play a few chords and do as a... (laughs) <laughs> we will send you this before it goes out anywhere so if you hate it we'll still keep it in <laughs> I, don't even know. I don't even know how like i don't even know how any of the songs go anymore. you fucking do i yeah. fucking don't don't this is a throat podcast first fucking wicked can you actually hear, can you hear it yeah enough yeah. don't keep this bit in obviously <laughs> I've got a story for you while you're just tuning it up. Uh, all the sleep lads went to a party once with a with a load of friends, big house party. Uh, you know what happens at house parties? People just go in, fill up all different rooms, different sound, different tunes happening. In one of the rooms, there's an acoustic guitar. It's gone out of tune while someone's been playing it. So someone's picked it up and they're, they're, they're tuning it up. And this girl comes like stumbling in, um, like knocks herself on the on the blooming, I don't know what they're even called. Um, <laughs> and it, it was just going ding, 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 ding. Oh, I love this song. Our Gary plays it all the time. He <laughs> <laughs> was, was just tuning up, just tuning up. Our Gary plays this song all the time. <laughs> yeah, just blind drunk. I love this song, mate. <laughs> Quality. Yeah. Uh, mate, I don't even know if I can sing it. Go for it. Belt it out. It's only one way to find out. I've been dragging out my love for over 13 months right now. It's been you now believing who I found. Happiness for a while, but I never truly clear my cluttered mind. Because I knew that you guess it of all the stupid shit I did. I would never think far enough ahead. So drinking takes its toll on everybody around me, especially you. It's like a degenerate. Because it eats away at everything But mostly love And the strength we build between us And all the time it takes to build
the trust right back out It's not worth a single drop of glass or anything And I don't want anything but you Out of tune as fuck, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't Have hear we just been privy to the to your first live performance in the in quite some time, James? Because that, that was quite uh, that was quite special. That yeah, that would be the first time I sang out loud in a few months. I know we've only just met, but I need you to do me a favor. I need you to look after that voice as much as you can, because honestly, man, you are gifted. That is it's incredible. Like, don't <laughs> Thanks, ever mate. fucking stop doing that because you're amazing. Thanks. I think I'm, I think in order to look after it, I need to like just keep doing what I've been doing, which is drinking. <laughs> Fucking hell. It gets more like croaky as I get older, and I quite like it. But I don't want it to get so croaky that it's just like <laughs> eventually. You have to find that happy medium, that cut off point. God, there yeah. it is. There it is. I apologize about that guitar being fucking out of tune as well. Like I can't be bothered to tune. <laughs> it's so shit. It never does stay in tune. Lars, you've turned your microphone off. We can't hear you. I've just, I've just been wondering why no there one's letting me speak or responding <laughs> for, for literally a minute then. And I just thought it was just because you were chatting. I was just going to say, I think I think that, like, it's just testament to the professionalism to be, like, caught off guard like that and just be like, whoop, whip the guitar up and just lay it out there and, and be in tune, do you know what I mean? Like, and, and your voice is soulful, man. It is good. Um, good. And thank you very much, you, you You always sound wicked, man. So uh, thank you so much for being a part of the uh, hey, Thank you so much for podcast. This is awesome. It's, it's fucking wicked. It's awesome, man. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll hopefully catch you soon on the road, touring again. I fucking hope so, boy. I'm getting sick of being in this house now. Else you're going to have to do some more front room jams to like, to, so people can hear you, you know? I tuned, into, I tuned into your last one, to be fair, and it was wicked. So <laughs> you don't have to go back on the road if you don't want to. Just, just get a set up and just start jamming, you know? That might be the future. But, um, but no, I'm sure we'll bump into you on the road. Who knows, okay. we might be taking uh, the, the Throat podcast on the road and doing some interviews at festivals and stuff like that. So we'll just have oh, to see shit. where this thing goes. But thank you so much for being up, for being involved. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me. Lovely to meet you as well, man. Hopefully see you at, uh, at Puckle Pop sometime. Yeah, absolutely, man.